Welcome to the Compass Christmas Podcast Series. I'm Molly Batorf, and I'm excited to share this limited series podcast with you. In each of these episodes, you'll hear voices from Compass share ways that we can cultivate joy in this season of Advent. I'll be kicking off the series with a five-minute meditation on an ancient monastic practice that we can use to cultivate joy. Thanks for listening. It's happened again. Gorgeous October hues fade. Halloween candy supplies come and go. And now even the Thanksgiving leftovers are winding down. Then, bam! The Christmas season is upon us. There is so much to love in the Christmas season. And such rich meaning in these weeks of Advent. But when the days seem to fly by and the to-do lists pile up, how do we capture the truth of this season? How can we move forward with joy? Christmas cards arrive in your mailbox with photos of happy families and curated fonts wishing you comfort and joy, blessed Christmas, peace on earth, joy to the world, and my favorite, more blessed than stressed. Really? If we were to capture a few snapshots of real life, Would that be the sentiment of this Christmas season? Is that true for the college student coming home after a less than stellar semester at school? What about the single mom who's doing her best to make Christmas magical for her kids, but dreading that January credit card bill? And the newly retired couple whose plans were filled with travel and are now sidelined by cancer treatments? How do they find joy? What if the path forward involves Christmas music? Now, I'm not talking about the Queen of Christmas or the classic Christmas crooners, though we do love to pipe those through the house this time of year. I'm talking about old school. Way back in the ninth century, some Benedictine monks had a practice of reciting a Latin hymn, one verse per day, in the days leading up to the celebration of Christmas. Each day at the appointed time, they would chant together this invitation in hopeful expectation. You and I know the hymn as, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Each verse is an invitation perhaps even a cry of desperation for God to come and save his people. What are they desperately pleading for God to do? To ransom, free, save, give victory, cheer, to put away darkness, open their heavenly home, make safe their way, preserve from misery. This is no generic wish list. You won't see these items listed during a Black Friday sale or interspersed in five-second ads before the next YouTube video. The longings of these hearts are deep, and if we take a minute to consider what these ancients are crying out for, we might find that we too long for these works of God to be true in our lives. Even as people transformed by the work of Jesus, we can still struggle against the gravitational pull of sin and the old self. We lose sight of this glorious new identity and the invitation to joy and find the old patterns of shame and guilt woefully familiar. 
How do we break from this? How do we move forward toward joy in a world that longs for the return of Emmanuel? Often in the Psalms, you'll see the psalmist laying out the situation of misery that he finds himself in, then desperately pleading with God to respond. In many of these Psalms, there's a moment when the author pivots and preaches to himself the truth that God has already laid out. This pattern is embraced in this hymn as well, as each verse launches into the beautiful refrain, Rejoice! Rejoice! Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. The back and forth of the verses, inviting, pleading for God's presence, and the refrain of hope, capture attention. That is the reality of people who still follow this Emmanuel, this with us God. We wait on the second advent of Emmanuel, the rod of Jesse, the day spring, the key of David. The hymn pulls many references from the Hebrew Bible in which prophets sought to encourage the people of God who found themselves bound by the weight of sin and brokenness and injustice and generational failings. They were to exercise faith by remembering the covenants of their God and looking forward to the advent of the promised one who would bring salvation. On this side of the first advent, we too navigate the brokenness of this world. Disappointment, despair, loss, economic hardship, even just the rate of cultural change that can make one feel like a refrigerator item whose best buy date is long past. We are invited not to pretend that there is no darkness. For the Savior himself entered into our sufferings, experienced firsthand the heartache, and wept tears for the hurt of this world. No, we are invited to live in the dark as lights, in odd people who see the darkness and yet find reason to rejoice. We lean into the tension and invite the light of the world to illumine the way, to bring peace in the chaos and joy in the despair. So... As you navigate this Christmas season with its onslaught of emotions, events, and demands, perhaps you can pause and listen to some good Christmas music. Perhaps you can take a page from some ancient monks and recite to yourself the truth. Rejoice, rejoice. Emmanuel has come to thee, O Israel. May you have a merry and meditative Christmas.